Well, welcome to another podcast, and we're, we're going to uh, continue in our series uh, Better Together and talking about that. Josh, why don't you give us a little bit of an overview? Yeah, so we're uh, in a series Better Together. Um, so I think we'll start by singing the Jack Johnson song. If you don't, I'm just kidding. Mara can, but you don't want Paul and I to. Um, <laughs> we're, we're better together. And, and uh, this, this series has been birthed out of uh, kind of several conversations that we've had as a staff um, in kind of what we want our, what our identi- what, what we want our identity to be as a church, um, that we are better together. Um, when we are together, it, it, it affects all aspects of our life and so um, that's kind of what, who we want to be and so we've kind of tagged it as finding identity in community and we've uh, we've looked at different things but basically with the with the idea that God calls us to an ever-expanding ever-deepening community and so the first week we um, we, we looked at like what does it look like to expand our community to to grow the community uh, with really the idea that we we have to love beyond labels labels um, uh, a lot of times labels kind of prevent us from from loving and, and expanding our community the way that we should. And so what does it look like to, to love beyond those labels? And, and throughout this, we're looking uh, specifically Genesis Genesis 1 through 3, the creation story and, and how we were created for community, obviously. Uh, so then we then we took uh, took a turn and we looked at deeper relationships. Uh, will, will I be, and we asked the question, will I be faithful to the relational opportunities in our church? What are those opportunities? And, and we kind of hit on this idea that there are relational opportunities in our life that are really easy. Like it's really easy for me to uh, form a relationship with a fellow Cincinnati Reds fan, for for instance. Um, that that's easy. Um, but then there are other relationships that that are not as natural. Um, but God still calls us to be faithful to to uh, develop those relationships. And uh, and church is one of those places where that can happen. Uh, in, in in our small group settings, our collectives that we're doing, uh, where where you're kind of by chance. Um, in a similar setting and at a similar time. And so what does it look like to expand those relationships? And so that leads us up to this past week. And uh, Mara, I believe you're going to talk about yeah. this past week. Yeah. So we've been talking about even some barriers that kind of get, or that we perceive to be getting in the way of this community. Yes, I want this. I know I'm meant to be with other people, but I only have so much time. And so I loved on Sunday, we really were just talking about this idea that, um, that woven into us is this need for rest, this need for Sabbath, and that in that Sabbath time, in that pulling away from being productive, creating all of those things, that that really does create space for this type of community, these types of deep relationships. And um, But you're kind of coupling spending the time, but also being willing to be open and vulnerable. Like I was going to push back a little bit what you said on Sunday about how, well, yeah, you get kind of a credit for an hour of community every week that you're sitting in church, well, if I'm just sitting and listening and passively taking in information, that's not even really the same as, right. as having a conversation. And so we're kind of getting less credit, less time credit than we even thought when we aren't also coupling that with, uh, with some other sort of interaction and engagement. So it kind of takes both. We need to be willing to invest the time committing to, unless we absolutely cannot, to meeting together, but also being willing to use that as an opportunity to to go a little bit deeper with the people around us. Springboard. Springboard. Yeah, not, absolutely. Not, not the yeah. end. I mean, the right. end is not, uh, and I think that's a good good corrective or a good um, good way to, to kind of push further into what we talked about mm-hmm. is just coming to a service, uh, sitting looking at me, looking at praise team, 
is is not sufficient if we're not connecting to other people. Right. I, I mean, and 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 oftentimes that's what you see in the, in the church. And I mean, that's why if if that was good enough, then yeah, zooms are fine. Sure, you could do that in in your pajamas and watch church and and get the same information. But it's the personal connection that occurs, and that's why you know, I, I've said the last couple of weeks, and I think it's important that we we um, understand this. The question is not if we will regather, but mm-hmm. when will we regather? Yeah. And uh, I, I, Zoom meetings, live streams are not uh, going to be the only way that we can gather. It's it's good to be there. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you miss a service and you want to see what happened, I, I think it's a good thing, but it, it is not, um, it does not check all the boxes we need no. to check. No, my whole life I've been the kid, well, even it's like my parents were always talkers, and so we were always the ones that like the lights are getting shut out on us as we're leaving <laughs> church, and now I've, I've become that person. But I think if you ask the people who are the ones that are sitting here getting the lights turned off, they are having a very different experience at church than someone who comes in and sits for the service and leaves like there is there is an additional benefit to that conversation time and it doesn't always just have to happen after after yeah. church but sometimes that's a, a convenient time we're already gathered there's people here mm-hmm. to um to connect to and that's good yeah and i think that's that's an important we need to understand that that that, that we're trying to connect people to, to each other people need to be connected mm-hmm. we i need that connection mm-hmm. and that you know if, if i rush out of here every week i'm i'm missing what church has to offer. I think it was um, interesting to me as I looked at those those statistics that it takes 50 hours of contact yeah. for somebody to consider be considered a casual friend. Yeah. And so you think about that, someone coming new into a church, uh, you're not getting a full hour Mm-mm. of casual contact mm-hmm. in, in church then. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean if we don't connect in other ways, uh, extend connection, if we don't make those extra phone calls, uh, have cups of coffee with people, then we are really short-circuiting uh, the relationships that you can build in the church. And, and so if, if we're saying the church needs to be a place of deep connection, mm-hmm. if it really is, we gather for an hour and then we leave once a week, that's what church is. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you're looking at if you've made a connection with somebody, you sit by the same person for that hour. Uh, four years in, you may consider them close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that's a long time. And, you know, people come to a church and they want to connect. Mm-hmm. And I, I would venture to guess that most people don't give a church a year sure. if yeah. they don't feel connected. Yeah. Sure. And so that's, that's the dilemma that you face, that mm-hmm. when, when, you're, when our emphasis as a church body mm-hmm. is on that gathering, mm-hmm. It's not the natural point of connection. And, yeah. and I think that's, I use the phrase from um, Andy Stanley's church, we want to build, build circles, not rows. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. We kind of mm-hmm. got off topic. Or we did. We jumped right in, just left Josh there, <laughs> just pondering. That's fine, you guys do you. I'm just drinking my, <laughs> drinking my Americano. It's all good. Hey, Starbucks. <laughs> gift card, Christmas gift cards. Hey, there you go. <laughs> um, let's talk about Sabbath. Um, what are your thoughts on current attitudes with regard to Sabbath? I, to, to me, it, it's a fascinating thing that the only one of the ten that we would go, ah, yeah. is the Sabbath. Um, the, especially because, like, the Sabbath was, like, it was created for us. It was like a, yes. it's almost like a, re, yeah, like a reward kind of um thing and, and and so yeah so for that one to be the one that 
But I think there's a lot to why we are, which I think is what you want to get at here, um, current attitudes. Um, I think I think things kind of ebb and flow in, like, in a lot of things, like situations that we're in are a result of lots of different things. And so I think we do. And, and you kind of addressed it. Like, for a long time, Sabbath was well, – was was a very kind of legalistic thing. Yeah, um, I love and that's, my grandma's quote, by the way. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but like, but that wasn't a new thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. Jesus addressed that uh, when when he was when he was healing. Like that that Sabbath became a legalistic thing, and so so I I think that there's part of that why why there's current attitudes about this now. I I would say part of that is because of previous attitudes of sabbath where it was like a i mean if you're not there every time the door is open then then you're going to hell in a handbasket and yeah. uh, and so there's that kind of pushback um which is so unfortunate because of the gift that sabbath is and was was created to be um it really stinks it's like that pendulum like when you overshift mm-hmm. and overcorrect it's like well you're overcorrecting to something that you never really understood the purpose of in the mm-hmm. first place and so you're saying well that's how my parents did it, and i like but I didn't understand maybe what even the deeper thing that they were trying, that the habits that they were trying to form. And yeah. it felt so controlling and it felt so this is right and this is wrong. But maybe we aren't seeking to look for what was the good in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, just, like you said, an understanding of, of what Sabbath mm-hmm. is, is like, so you're talking about this idea of like, it's a, chance for us to kind of push back on the demands of productivity like the world does not revolve around me producing 24 7 like that's so freeing like that's such a relief and uh but if we're we're missing that then we're missing out on that that relief um and, and it makes me think of uh jesus saying you know my my yoke is easy my burden is light um in the in the message translation of that particular passage he talks about watch how I do, like basically watch how I do my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like, and, and it talks about this, like it's this, these rhythms of grace and, and it's just this like, but if we're so focused on productivity, then, then we totally miss out on that. So like this idea of, of just Sabbath of like, it's okay. Like it doesn't revolve on, on me doing everything is such a, such a gift. Mm-hmm. It's freeing. But if we don't understand that that's what Sabbath is, then it turns into, like you said, the pendulum. Comes just more rules. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put this out here. I'm kind of curious what you think. So I feel like the idea of needing to like decompress, de-stress, totally veg out, like that is not a foreign like concept, I feel like in our culture. We have this idea like I worked really hard. I'm exhausted. I just want to sit and watch TV for three hours every day. And so if I count, okay, well, three hours every day and there's seven days in a week, like, okay, that in effect is almost a 24 hour period sure. of, of doing nothing. Yeah. Should we consider that as Sabbath? Do we consider that as rest? What, what are your thoughts on this idea? Cause I think that everybody knows like your body reaches a limit. You cannot maintain yeah. that level of productivity all the time. But how is Sabbath different from just that? Well, I, I think there can be some rest in that. I don't think people rest in, in the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I think when you're doing that, it's kind of a, it's a partial. It's I'm still being as productive as I want to be, mm-hmm. but I can't be productive all the time. I know my body won't handle it. Okay. Uh, I think Sabbath is an intentional um, stepping away from productivity. I mean, I could be, I could probably be somewhat productive every 
every day. Mm. But Sabbath is saying, listen, it doesn't depend on me. And I am leaving space for God. It's the same as tithe. I mean, you mm-hmm. can use all your money. Yeah. Uh, but tithe is, yeah. okay, I'm going to give this back to God because everything doesn't depend on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 and I don't know if this is answering your question, but I always think about the first time, the first Sabbath um, breaking. Uh, you know, the Ten Commandments happen and, and somebody's like picking up sticks in his yard. Mm-hmm. And they go to Moses and they're like, uh, all right, well, what do we what do we do here? You know, yeah. Picking up sticks, and you clean up your yard. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so, um, you know, we our culture pushes against it so mm-hmm. so so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, your your kids. Right? Let's let's talk about your kids. So it, it's Sunday afternoon, and I the Sabbath Sunday thing. Let's just get yeah. it's the day you've picked for rest. Yeah. yeah. And your kids come to you and say, "Listen." We'll do some extra study today. Mm-hmm. I know we, we want to make this, but I really want to do good mm-hmm. on this test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you do? Um, probably you say, yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, not, you know, and I'd probably say the same thing. And yeah. would say that, but that is pushing against what God's trying to say. Listen, it's not about what you can achieve. It's about me at work. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And I, yeah, I'm just thinking through like how, how do you practically address, I guess. And so that comes in the, like, I would want to figure out like, why, why are you, why are you worried? Like, is there something that I've done to put pressure on you to feel that you need to put in this extra study time on our Sabbath? Um, and then that's a that's a bigger a deeper thing where where if that pressure is coming from the way that I have presented this is like you know you have to you have to get a seven point five GPA which apparently is possible now um, uh, you know what I mean uh, so so I'm just you're you're asking in that moment what do you do but I'm just thinking like back what have I set up that is is making this making you feel like this is what you need to do now hmm. which totally avoid your question i know but <laughs> but i avoided morris too <laughs> no, and, and honestly i feel like i just wanted to put it out there because i think that now as you guys are talking like i feel like there's kind of those individual like rest like sometimes i think okay sitting and watching tv like that's a very almost like a self-serving type of rest like yes i'm just i'm exhausted i just i'm entertaining myself but i think that there's room for like communal rest mm-hmm. as well like built mm-hmm. into the idea of sabbath so almost thinking oh you want to study about this okay well is this something we can do together like so we can make use of the fact that sure. we both have this time together and okay yeah we're we're for like so i don't know i i mean i don't know if that's the right thing to do either yeah. but just that i think that it's important that our sabbath isn't just about our personal rest and recharge but i think that mm-hmm. there's also a community aspect to that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if Sabbath, I, I do think there's some recharging mm-hmm. that occurs in rest, but I also think that the Sabbath rest is intended, is intentionally there for a relationship, relationship building between you and God and you and others. Yeah. Yeah. And so if, if Sabbath is just, I'm going to go to the woods and get away from people, and sometimes that's good, mm-hmm. then and maybe you're communing with God, that, but there still is that aspect where we need to be connecting with other people. And yeah. that is why, and let's kind of move to the next one. That is why historically, for, for hundreds of years, from, from Jewish time to now, 
churches, synagogues, temple worship occurred, the community gathered mm -hmm. on that day, that there was a connection. So I guess the question mm -hmm. I have is how important, you know, when, when we talk about these things, how important is tradition? How, how do you balance tradition and, and your, your current cultural needs? I think, well, John Wesley liked tradition a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of one of his <laughs> four. Um, I think it has to be significant, but I also think that there's room to kind of say, where have we missed the mark in our tradition? Does that oh, make yeah. sense? Um, and so, so we do that. We say, okay, where have we missed this mark? How can we learn from that and then still allow our tradition to shape us? Um, so, all, so I, I say that to say I think it's extremely important. Um, but then, I, but then I push back like, okay, so, so tradition has been we've met on Sundays, and so does that mean that a church that is doing a Saturday gatherings like is that missing the mark? Well, I don't, I don't think so. Again, that's where you, you jump into that legalistic kind of thing. So right, I don't know. I would say like let's look at what was positive about the tradition of meeting on Sunday. It was a weekly meeting. Yeah. Like, and so I, I think that the legalism says it has to be on Sunday, right. but the tradition and the value of it says that it's a weekly commitment that I'm making yeah, for sure. to gather with people. For sure. And so yeah. if Sunday is not the day in my week that I have the space to Sabbath, then I want to Sabbath and make that weekly commitment yeah. on another day when That's I know right. that I will be more motivated to not break that commitment that I've made. Yeah. And, and so let's, let's just jump into our collectives. We have collectives that are... Um, uh, Tuesday night and mm -hmm. Sunday night and yours is Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday night. night. You, have, you have three different times of collectives and, and we're hoping in the future to add more of those. Mm -hmm. I mean, it very well may, may be that that a collective, a small group, may be your gathering space. We like to see people here, but, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm, I'm realistic enough or I, I believe in the collectives enough and I believe in the body enough that I believe that you could be meeting that need in other ways mm -hmm. uh, you know i'm not yeah i'm not legalistic about the day i'm i'm yeah, legalistic yeah. about the space <laughs> yeah uh, not this space but this right, right. providing sure. the space sure. mm -hmm. but i think it'd yeah. be ridiculous to be um to, to say oh if it's not sunday morning uh, i knew of a, a <laughs> preacher that his uh, his youth group went on a retreat and uh, they had a bunch of salvations in the youth group on that retreat when they came back the senior pastor said well they didn't get saved unless they got saved at the altar <laughs> <laughs> that, that's silly yeah um, you, you know god god moves in a lot of different ways so we've got to we've got to give god the freedom to move like that hmm. that's interesting I'm, so i'm just th i'm just thinking through like what elements are essential to sabbath I, I think one thing, I mean, the rest is natural. The community is natural. Mm -hmm. I, I think the other thing that happens uniquely on a Sunday morning or in a bigger gathering is that when we talk about the ever-expanding community. Yeah. And so if you're talking about just getting deep with a, a certain group of people, um, you know, I, I love the concepts of house churches. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the risk of a house church as a house church becomes this clique of people yeah. that they mm -hmm. never expand beyond right. their natural and they're easy. Mm -hmm. And so a church gathering forces us to interact with people that may be a little bit different, hopefully are different than us in some, in some areas. 
and that creates some some growth. So that's one thing that, that I think um, is, is different than just hey, I'm going to meet. Okay, my church is going to be Sunday night with my family. Uh, you know, we're going to read Bible and we're going to read Scripture. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But when that is your sole group, then where's where's the room for God to give you providential relationships to move you beyond right. yourself? Yeah. And I, so I'm, I'm thinking, Mario, you're talking about who your rest benefits. And I, so I'm just thinking about that, like your family may gather and do those things and you're going to get what you need, mm-hmm. right? But that's a very selfish, self-centered kind of view of that, of community, whereas community is just for me and my family's benefit. Can I suggest a better word instead of self-centered? Sure. Self-restrictive. Sure. So I don't think it's a selfish, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm selfish, it's just me, but you're restricting where God can take you. Yeah, and you're also restricting other people, right? like the the potential for them to be a part of the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I was just thinking of the, when, the question of tradition and how important it should be. Like, I think that's a pretty good model for all things beyond um, beyond just Sabbath. Like, what can we take from tradition? Are there things that we need to learn? Are there things that we need to eliminate from that, or or even just tweak? Um, but that still still drives us because I think I think it is significant that we you know we have two thousand years of church history and tradition that has come before us and to just completely ignore all of that is is not it's probably not healthy <laughs> um, and, and besides but, the fact that the church history was based on the synagogue practices yeah for sure degree. absolutely so you've got hundreds of years absolutely. before that yeah. of how people were gathering yeah. around the world that's right mm-hmm. um, yeah well um let, let's let's talk about the trends um I see, um, well, I mean, I don't think I'm the only person that sees this. There's alarming trends in, in the way people view church. Um, I, I, I firmly believe that people that are outside the church do not believe the church is relevant. That if you're not part of a church, that if you're just, uh, uh, if that's not been part of your, your history, your, your life, uh, a vast majority believe that the church is just not relevant to real life and you know mm-hmm. teaching old doctrines and mm-hmm. uh, and then even with people that are in the church um, its importance it's the gathering particularly um, seems to be waning uh, in in certain circles yeah. uh, you can just see that by simple attendance and and this is you know this is not guilt folks right. you know I, 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 I understand um, but we need to at least talk about this. If this is good, if this is the right trend or the wrong trend. If it's the wrong trend, uh, it's not beneficial for for us. It's not beneficial for our next generation. It's not beneficial for our country. And so we need to address it if it's not. Um, what, what do you see as far as trends? And what do, you, what, do you, what do you think the factors are that's influencing these trends? I think it's easy to start by pointing fingers yeah. at, the, at the trend. Mm-hmm. Maybe the more difficult question is, what are we missing as the church, like as church leadership, uh, but the church overall? Like, 
if if they see it as a, irrelevant, um, you know, it's easy it's easy to point at all the things that are wrong on the outside, but I think somehow we have to say, what are what are we missing that makes it irrelevant? Um, and that's a really difficult question to answer. But but in terms of but in terms of trends, I, I just think I think um, we we uh, we are in a productive society um, where, where you just you always have to produce uh, whether that be through work or through sports or through academics um, where your value and your worth is based on how much you produce and um, when that's when that's the de determining factor of value uh, then it just it makes sense that you're always producing and, and your margins in life get smaller and smaller because every margin is now as opposed to a margin is now another opportunity for me to do better to produce yeah. more and so um but again i don't know that that's necessarily a new thing um i would i would say it's probably trending more but it's not like it's new actually there's so many different opportunities and there's just ways to constantly fill your time with that whereas yeah. that i feel like is maybe more of a new thing in like sure. our interconnectedness sure yeah yeah and i was listening to a podcast this morning and it was talking about like faithfulness in he was talking about like an age of anxiety and just kind of like this culture that we live in and he's like it's so easy to grumble against our culture and resent the time and place where we are ministering and um but really we're here for a time and a place as this and so looking for those ways of how do we how do we confront this not with grumbling and not with complaining and pointing that everything's wrong about our culture but how do we rise up in the midst of that and I think back to I feel like in some ways it's a shift of our priorities when we think and dream and hope for our kids it's tempting and it's so easy to dream about their future careers um, sports aspirations those things um, and I think we just need to cast a, a vision for our, for our church, our family, that really the best thing and like the greatest thing to hope for for our kids is a lifelong authentic faith that they are pursuing and growing and daily. And I think back to like seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And again, that's not like I don't want to cherry pick that verse and that's not a promise that everything's mm -hmm. going to work out great. Right. But that when we when we put things in the place that they belong in our lives and if we say that our faith is belongs at the top, I think we will find the space and the places for, for those other things, but we won't be misleading our kids in that we are kind of saying that church is really important, but also hedging our bets that it also would be really great if you succeed in all these other mm, places. That's right. um, and so I feel like church kind of becomes the optional one. Like that would be great if you also succeed here and if you also do this, yeah. but we're really but gonna, gonna put our time college. and effort, yes, into <laughs> making sure that you succeed in these other yeah. places. We want the scholarship, we want the sports, we want the this. And I think that mm. that dichotomy, I think our kids feel the tension sure, in that. Sure. And, um, and it results in making choices maybe that, that compromise what we thought we were, the direction we were doing, raising our family. Yeah, yeah I'll just, because I experienced this eight years difference, there, there has been a huge shift on expectations of kids and opportunities yeah. for kids. Yeah. Wyatt played basketball all the way senior year. Yeah. Uh, played a little bit of AAU, mm -hmm. but it really wasn't that prominent. Spencer played through 2020. Yeah. The difference between the expectations and the opportunities. No. No, no. Now, D1 school versus D3 school, different, but still mm -hmm. the other expectations. What, what I'm seeing now is if your kid has an interest, whatever it might be, baseball, basketball, drawing 
yeah. accounting, whatever it is, yeah. there are opportunities nonstop for them to foster mm -hmm. that interest. Mm -hmm. And um, and they will sell you that this is the one thing. This and is they need the it. most important thing in your life. And, and they won't make it. They won't succeed yeah. without it. And, yeah. and the truth is, and you know, I, I saw this with, with Spencer, um, kids burn out. Yep, absolutely. And, and so you end, you, you end up buying a false bell of sell. Yeah. Uh, it's not true yeah. uh, that that you can take steps back from this stuff yeah. and if your kid loves it yeah. and are interested in it they'll continue to pursue it yeah. but space never hurts that no doubt. and what I'm seeing is it's it's getting and it seems to be getting quicker and quicker oh yeah uh, I, you know I, I don't know what it's like in 2021 but I know the difference between 2012 and 2020 was dramatic mm -hmm. So yeah. what's the next eight years going to hold? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, no doubt. I, it's one of the things that <laughs> has been so weird for me as a parent, because looking forward to being a dad, like one of the things I look most forward to was sports with my, with my kids. And, and cause I, you know, I loved sports and I still love sports, but mm -hmm. like, honestly, like it, it terrifies me like to the point where like we just really haven't even yeah. like Jensen's played a couple seasons of soccer and he's going to again in the spring but it's just like I'm just like the the time consuming yeah. <laughs> word I'm trying to say there but it's just the time commitments of it are just terrifying to me and uh and, and I don't think that it's I don't think it's healthy um and you like baseball, so if they play baseball, baseball's oh, like a hundred no dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. It's and it's yeah, you know, three practices a week and two games a week, and it's just like I, I just I want no, I want no part of it. Right. And I should, but I should say that though, I feel like I'm hearing like there's so much wisdom in what you are talking because you are literally talking about counting the cost of that of including right. that in your family and like when I've when we've already this is a foundation of our family and this is how we are we really need to be wise about counting mm -hmm. what that will cost us to yeah. participate yeah. to include that into yeah and I think that's wise I think that yeah, that is for sure. such an important conversation sure. to have for sure that's good um I had a this is just a question <laughs> or a, a thought that popped in my head as we were going through this and the, and the trends outside of the church to and the, the pressure to be productive are there, I don't, maybe I just want to hear your thoughts. Are there areas where we have placed a value on productivity to a fault in the church as well? Talk about maybe like over programming or like maybe. those kinds of things? Or, okay. like, or maybe even just in our, in our walk with Christ and the way that we present a, a relationship with Christ where like, it's all about productivity um like um like do this 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 and this i, I don't know and, and that's why I, I just want to hear your thoughts on that um have we like have we created base like yeah we're, and okay. so so like okay. in, maybe in, in in our personal relationships with christ we, we portrayed that but maybe also in the way that we do things at church where it is programs and yeah. like we have to have the best whatever it is um the best program the best kids program i, I don't know i'm just wondering like it, it, if there has been if that has seeped into the church mm -hmm. and if that is maybe contributing to the irrelevancy of the church where it's like it's just another thing that i have to do to produce and um as opposed to that that light yoke and the, the easy burden that Jesus talks about. It's another commercial venture. 
Mm -hmm. I, I think I think you have that more than anything. It's another um, you know it's another materialistic. It's another you know it's something that you consume, mm -hmm. and people have a consumer mentality in the church. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's part of that, and and then we buy into that too. That that we've got to get better and better and better. Yeah. Well, the truth is, there's always going to be somebody who does it better. For sure. And For so, sure. so if, if you if it's all about that, hey, we do this better, well, then you get in that cycle where people are cycled to whoever's doing it better. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, that that's part of it. I yeah. think the other part of it is the focus on orthodoxy over orthopraxy yeah, yeah. is yeah. extremely 100%. important. When, you, when it's all about having right thoughts instead of having right actions, yeah. mm -hmm. you can get right thoughts in a number of ways, but orthopraxy, mm -hmm. living yeah. rightly, requires that you live in community. Yeah, that's right. That's good, I like that. Yeah, I was thinking of some of the stuff, like I remember even being a kid's ministry, it was like almost like the competition-based things where it's like you get so many points for bringing your Bible, so many points for bringing a friend, so many points for memorizing verses and stuff, and I feel like in some ways maybe my philosophies, I've I've specifically in, in some ways stayed away from some of those competitive natures because I don't think that that yeah, always serves sure. or does what we think it does. Yeah. Like I don't want my kids to memorize Bible verses to earn points to earn this. Like I want them to know and love reading the Bible and that they've know they've read it enough times that those verses are are, yeah. are being written on their hearts, not because they earn anything by memorizing that by doing this but because that's how I want them to live. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like maybe some of that comes across even in the way that the way that I teach all of our kids here at church, that like I don't want you just to know the right things to say. I want you to explore what this looks like to live it. To live it. Yeah, the, the living it. And, and that's, I do think that's why the church is irrelevant to some people, is they see it as, hey, well, I can, I can read a book. I can I can sure. yeah. I can watch a, a sermon on TV, yeah. but the the real um, the real uh, teaching that occurs in the church is when we learn, learn to live together in love. Yeah. I mean, you learn to and forgive do what the church. And, and yeah, like, I love what you said about the orthopraxy because yeah, I can I can believe the right things mm -hmm. from from my couch. Um, mm -hmm. I think the Bible says that. Even 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 the devils believe yeah. the demons oh, yeah. believe yeah. in the shadow. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just I have a, I have a thought to, to go there, but I, I just I don't know if if we should. Um, let's do it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I, as I watched the events in the aftermath of January sixth, when the when the Capitol was was raided or whatever you want to, want to call it, um, with lots of Jesus signs and a cross. And now there's video of uh, a prayer from the, the Senate floor, whatever it was. Um, and I, I just have, I've, I've been thinking through this this whole time, like w the difference in, in orthodoxy versus orthopraxy, like the right beliefs, like, like let, let's just agree like that's not christian like that's not what we are teaching here right? right um and so but like all of the beliefs like if you asked these people what they believed like they would have the right answers of what we're supposed to believe but it did not come out in the in the, the way that we right. say it should have come out and so i've just been for for the past week or so just thinking through this like it it's one thing to 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 believe the right things, but for mm -hmm. that to live out, like to, to play out in your actions, like is a completely different thing. And, and I love what you said. If, if we don't, if we don't foster that in community, 
then it becomes your practice becomes so far off from what the belief actually is. I'm kind of just rambling yeah. here, but it's it's been on my mind for the past week. Well, you see so. a lot, of, and I think a lot of that you see is is social media Christianity. Yeah. That that everything is just what's posted, what's tweeted, what's sure. you know. And so it's all read. It's not lived. Christianity is lived, and it's yeah. lived with people. Yeah. And if it's lived with people, it's you know, it's 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 the opposite of violence. It's the opposite. You know, it's it's yeah. forgiveness and. Yeah. And so, yeah, when, when it's when you just when you don't have to practice those things with people, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, right? Yeah, it, it leads to problems. Yeah. Well, even like the parable of the Good Samaritan came out of a question. Of, okay, what's the most important commandments? And Jesus said, well, you tell me. And he, he said the right things. Yeah. Like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. But the next part of that verse, he says, seeking to justify himself. Yeah, right. Like, so I feel loophole. like that's kind of that moment where it's like, yeah, we're trying to find the loophole. Okay, so I, I, I will say that I do those things, but I need you to know when it's okay. I need to know when it's okay for me not to do those yeah. things. So who really is yeah. my neighbor? And so I think we need to be cautious of those moments in our lives where we enter that self-justification. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that that's the right thing, but in this situation mm -hmm. and this with this group, and I think that's where that self-justification comes in. Yeah. And out of the, the Good Samaritan parable came in, it's like, no, everyone, everyone is your neighbor. There's no differentiation. You don't get to pick yeah. who you, you're supposed to love like right. yourself. It's it's mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about orthopraxy just a little bit. I love that and, word. And, 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 and when you get into this ideal of image bearers, that yeah. when you get into the to the um, the Ten Commandments, one of the commandments says, "Don't take the Lord your God's name in vain." And so we typically think, "Oh, well, that's saying bad words," but but that means much more than that. Yeah, that is, sure. we bear the image of God, and that's we right. and when we say we're Christian and we say we follow God, then then that has a high demand on how we live our that's life. Right. And if we live our life contrary to the characteristics of God, in a lot of ways, we're taking that name mm -hmm. in vain. Yeah. And so we've got to be careful about that. For sure. Yeah, when we yeah. assign his name to something that is not done in his character, yeah. like I think we need to be really yeah. careful. And, and right, history's right. full. No oh, doubt, absolutely. No yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it didn't this start is, January 6th. No, 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 no. This, <laughs> is, this is not new, yeah. but yeah. You know, yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, and I mean, and so you think back about slavery. Well, there was people that justified slavery with scripture. Yeah, uh, for sure. You, you know, yeah. and, and no so, no you doubt. know, the, 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 the um, uh, the Inquisition yeah. was yeah. justified through yeah. through Scripture, right. and so there's but, also but those people believed the right things, right? Like you, you would say that they believe, like <laughs> say it all, but yeah. like like you think of the Apostles' Creed, like they would check off all of those things, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, um, but but it obviously didn't lead to right practice, which mm -hmm. then puts it in. Uh, we're getting close on time, but, so this is a whole other <laughs> podcast discussion. But then, like, there's the pushback of like, okay, so then what does it mean, like? faith alone right because believing the right things don't doesn't necessarily lead to right practice right well again we don't earn our salvation but we work it out through the way we live mm -hmm. like so we are showing our yeah. salvation in the way that we live yeah. not earning it it's a response right. yeah that's <laughs> yeah. uh what's what james you show tell me what you believe and i'll show yeah. you my faith by For how sure. i live so that's i mean right. it's yeah. it's it's always that yeah. <laughs> um dilemma yeah we are getting close on yeah. time yeah well um Let's talk about the kids. Uh, Mara, you talked about subscriptions and, yeah. and how do we model this in a way that our kids catch something better? Man, I, I, know, I just keep going back to, I just feel like you said it all when you're talking about, yeah, I really want my son, I want Jensen to play baseball, but like that will cost mm -hmm. our family something. Right. And I think that we need to be 
a little more discerning in all of these things are clamoring for our attention. And let's be honest, they're all going to tell our kids that they're the most important thing. And I think we need to be really careful. Like I mentioned being gatekeepers. I think we need to guard the voices that are telling our kids what's most important in That's life. Right. And we are weighing those against what, what we truly believe is most important. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't think there's like an easy answer to that, but I would say if you're looking for a place to start, look at your calendar over the next couple of weeks and look at every time commitment that you've made and and talk about with your family why do we have this time commitment is this time commitment serving our family is it serving us personally is it serving other people and seeking to bring some balance there into we've got these times for rest we have these times for entertainment we have but i think we need to we need to bring some balance back into into our calendars and i think there needs to be like family time included in that so it can't just be well we can split up and everybody can do this i think that that just teaches our kids more that if you've got a spare minute you've got to be using it doing something and i think it's okay to teach our kids about quiet and space and yeah. margin and how to protect it and i am so bad sometimes at setting boundaries mm -hmm. but i think that boundaries are the key to to getting things in in perspective yeah that's good i think i'm just thinking through this for families with with teenagers um i guess my challenge would be have a conversation with with your teens and start with a question like where do you feel pressure in your life like <laughs> That's good. and if you've not explored that with your team like i maybe buckle up <laughs> for that conversation <laughs> yeah. um because i see it like i i, I see it i without even having the conversations like I see it and, and, and I hear them talking like they are feeling lots of pressure and uh, if we don't like if we as the parents don't don't realize that because I think it comes from a good place we want what's best for our kids sure. right we want them to succeed uh, we want them to do well and so you know we, we want them to get good grades and that's all good it comes from a good place but understanding that in in line of, of what's eternal and what is most important. So I would just say, have a conversation with your with your teens mm -hmm. and, and ask them, like, where are you feeling pressure? And then kind of have a self-reflection moment of like, okay, what have I done to contribute undue pressure? Um, and, and, and just start the conversation there. I think with parents, you know, as you're talking about that, in my generation um, would, would say, well, look at those opportunities. But kids see those as look at those obligations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's a different viewpoint of the same thing. And so those opportunities yeah. that you're pushing on yeah. your kids yeah. become obligations right. and stressors in their life. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you, you, so we need to see things yeah. through their lens. Yeah. Well, and even seeing that, like it's an opportunity, but an opportunity for what? Like right. it's an opportunity to be more productive right. and be more valuable. That's what I mean. And yeah. so like, and right. You're earning your value. Yeah. Like you're and so yeah. figuring out the perspective of, okay, this is an opportunity, but it's an opportunity for what? Like, yeah. and, and not, again, not that productivity is a bad thing and, and value is a bad thing, but like understanding it's not the most important thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a lesson. I probably did a poor job with my boys. They, they probably would say I put pressure on them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because when I see them, I see unlimited potential. Yeah, for sure. But when, but that for unlimited sure. potential that I try to speak into their life. Yeah, that's right. Would it's be tough. perceived as pressure. pressure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you it's know, and I, I guess it's it's a 
difference. You've got to see things in a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I feel like I've got the humility. That I feel like we're both kind of coming at this still early in the game. Yeah, Our kids no are doubt. young. <laughs> yeah. And so like it's part of me is like begging like for people who have walked this road before, like help me to see right. how, how to how to weigh this tension. Because yeah. I feel like at times I've specifically under and not programmed my kids because like you, I've just been so concerned. Like I yeah. just I don't want to lose yeah. focus, but I know that there's got to be, a, there's a way to yeah. do it and do it healthily. So I'm begging you, if you're watching yeah. this and you <laughs> have wisdom to speak into this, I yeah. would love to hear that. Yeah. Because I also know that there's that thing of, we'll look down 10 years ago, well, did we miss out? And there's always, there's always that fear of like, what sure. did you miss or what, yeah. what could you have done differently? Absolutely. So know that I'm speaking from humility and that I am yeah. early in the parenting <laughs> game. Same. So please Same. impart your wisdom. Yes. All right. Indeed. Well, let's, uh, anything else? I think we're good. I think we covered it all. Um, <laughs> next week, we're going to talk about vulnerability. So we're all going to share our deepest, darkest secret. So I'll be doing the podcast by myself. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. We're all going to be like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm feeling sick. Uh, so, yeah, Funny. I'll close this in prayer today. All right. Lord, um, thank you for this opportunity to talk about time. Uh, help us, Lord, to redeem the time. Uh, help us not to get so caught up in podcasts and social media and television that we don't spend time with different people. Uh, Lord, help this, um, this time that we've had in conversation to spur people on, to spur our, our, us on uh, to deeper relationship with other folks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless. See you. Yep.